Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, we talk Red Raiders and K-State, and we look ahead to a possible week of opportunity. I am ready to be heard again. We discuss it next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. So good to be back with you on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Always appreciate being your first listen each weekday on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. And today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College to post your job for free today with LinkedIn Jobs. Terms and conditions apply. He's the only Chris Level. I am Casey Cowan, and we are kicking off a new week. Chris, it kind of feels like a week of opportunity, possibly, for Texas Tech men's basketball. We'll get to that coming up later on in the show. But first, fortunately, got to deal with opportunity lost. On the road, knew it would be a huge challenge as you go to take on the Big 12 leader in Manhattan, Kansas, the Octagon of Doom, and all that. And still yet, Chris, I got to admit, even being a winless conference team heading into it through the first 20 minutes, I was believing a little bit. Did you allow yourself to believe at all in the Red Raiders' chances of winning? They eventually don't, but not a bad first 20. Yeah, you know, and, and, and it kind of uh, it kind of got into the second half a little bit. Uh, yeah. Where you, you know, I, I, I'm not real sure what I'm going to get um from some of these teams in the league including the one we're talking about here in the Red Raiders in that the environments are extremely tough to play in uh you don't know where where the mindset is um and in in an off night you can get run out of a building because other teams are just so good uh i've i've been going to manhattan kansas now for i guess this is about 13 or 14 years that was the first time i'd ever seen it completely full and it, and it was um, they, they are going to be ranked in the top ten now after they they beat you and they're first in the Big Twelve. I mean, think about think about the teams that you've seen Texas Tech play. And look, they they go win in Waco, they go win in Austin, they've beaten Kansas at home. So I mean, they're they're just legitimately good. Uh, bottom line, and um, I knew that. And, and they when you see them. Going through warm-ups down the floor, you're, you're like, okay, they, they look the part, too. They look a lot like you did last year. Well, and it is so- a little difficult to reconcile with the girls' basketball uniforms that they wear. But, yes, <laughs> physically, underneath those, you know, you know what's, yes. You know what's fascinating about that? It's like, okay, so it, football uniforms, like what Kansas State did in basketball, this is, this is what's done. You never – you rarely are monotone. You know, you wear black right. pants, white jersey, and all that. But basketball, it's like – what 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 are we doing? Like my it, <laughs> the lilac like, overload, man. Yeah, we have that that yeah the dark <laughs> dark shorts uh, uh, and and then the lighter jersey. I'm like it's very very unique. Uh, yeah, but, that's uh, and that's all I got to poke fun at after a ten point loss. I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's, that's all right. I got. <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess those were throwbacks. I guess this is something they yeah. did many many years ago there at Kansas State, but. Yeah, yeah, somebody you, you, screwed up the wash one time, faded some unis, and now they think they're like some treasured throwback. But you alluded to it last week uh, before the game. I mean, you said physically these guys are big, they're long, and, and oh, the yeah. front court is stacked, and they were. Yeah, it, they were. But but you 
this was one of the better games I'd seen you play, again, for the most part, and, and it kind of got away from you at the end. But I thought you played better defense. You you, you got back to kind of who you are and what Mark's trademarks are. You you really – you packed the paint. You you kind of clogged it up. You forced them to try to have to, you know, hit beat you with a three. And this is not a team that necessarily lives and dies by that like some of these teams are. You can kind of – flirt with that a little bit as long as you'll you'll operate with with some good closeouts and things like that they did hit some threes but for the most part they were kind of uh can you know like frustrated a bit with how how you were guarding them and they couldn't get uh some things done getting going downhill and uh things like that but i just thought and, and i saw guys diving on the floor i saw guys stepping over trying stepping up trying to take charges uh yeah. doing some different things and it, this is more what we're used to seeing uh, and I, and that that part you know was was good to see because that that alone you can build off of that if you'll keep that going. I'm not worried about anything else. If you can keep that going and continue to play that way, at some point I will trust where that takes you. And if it's ultimately not good enough, if you'll do those things, I'm I'm gonna be okay with it. If you don't hit the shots that you need to hit and and, and things like that, but if you'll do that, because this is who this team and program is supposed to be under this head coach. And yes, I, I saw some some flashes there against a really, really good offensive team. I mean, this is a team that put up 116 on Texas in Austin. Uh, this is a team that got into the 80s versus the Jayhawks earlier this week. I mean, this is a really, really good offensive team. And Again, for the most part, I think you you held them down. It just got away from you at the end, like it has unfortunately, uh, way too way too often in this league. Yeah, they shot almost fifty three percent in the second half from the field and got to the free throw line nineteen times, knocking down sixteen of those. But through the first half, only thirty four percent from the Wildcats uh, from the field. And I, I thought the Texas Tech defensively did look, as you're saying there, a little bit more like what you expect this program to look like. And I agree completely when you're talking about if we can have nothing else this season, I want to get back to seeing those types of things. And if you're still stacking L's, but at the end of the day, uh, you're doing those things more consistently than you have been this year, uh, I guess we'll just have to deal with that. But uh, our guy Lamar Washington was taking a charge. He must be a listener of the show because I was pleading for it on uh, Friday. But, yeah, you're right. You, you saw some response still, and that's, I guess – the most recent difficulty for me as a tech basketball fan is kind of reconciling um, in these losses you've taken most recently, actually those losses, including maybe a couple of your better games you've played this year. I asked that question and felt foolish almost to ask it after the Baylor game, but after a 34 point drubbing on the road, you did respond against a good team, still took an L. And then after that, you did respond against a good team, still took an L but I, I can't go without saying that I feel like it's got to be worth something uh, to see this team responding in that way. I mean, this is, this is beyond tough sledding right now, Chris, being this far into Big 12 play without a win. I mean, it, it really takes some faith and some commitment to continue to buy in, and I guess for whatever it's worth, and it may be very little to, to a, a Texas Tech fan here or there, but I kind of feel like you've seen some telltale signs of that the last couple of games. Yeah, you know, this is uh, because, look, you've, you've seen TCU, you've seen Kansas, uh, you've seen Iowa State, uh, you've seen now Kansas State, you've seen Baylor. 
And that's five of your seven, you know, uh, losses, I guess. Uh, Oklahoma, you could have won this game. I'm, I'm forgetting uh, off the top of my head what the other one was. But, you, 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 you know, you've seen about as good as the Big 12 has to offer up. You know, you haven't played West Virginia yet. You're going to get them this week. You've gotten one game against uh, one game against Oklahoma left. You haven't seen Oklahoma State yet. There, there's some the schedule kind of lightens up a bit, and you're going to get some of the programs that we're talking about here, the good ones at home. If you could just keep playing the way that you're, you're playing, and, and it's it's interesting because I think you hear like I hear, whether it's uh, a TV commentator or somebody writing about it or somebody just talking about this team. They have the talent. They have some talent. I don't disagree with any of that. Uh, that that is true. However, when you compare the talent that they do have, and you compare it to the other seven or eight teams at the top of the Big Twelve standings, they don't have as much talent and or experience as those others. And that's the rub here. You know, that's the rub. Is that these other? I mean, you you look at you look at the uh, the the basketball version of. Uh, of Deuce Vaughn here and Marquise Noel, all of five foot eight of them. It goes for 23, eight rebounds. He's five foot eight and five assists. I mean, he's squeezing. He knows his role. He plays it well. He's experienced. He's from New York. I mean, and, and then you look at the guards from Baylor. You look at Mike Miles from TCU. You look at Dewan Harris and Jalen Wilson from Kansas. Like the, the, that, that's the difference. Like you're, you're one or two players off from being a lot better. But you you don't have a closer. You don't have somebody that can get you to the end of a game with a chance to win it and then go win it for you. There is no Keenan Evans here. There's no Jarrett Culver. There's no Bryson Williams. There's not even really a Jemias Ramsey. Uh, and, and that's really, I think, the difference between you and so many others in this league. And it's like I don't I don't dispute that you have talent or the talent to be pretty good. But you happen to be in a league where you compare it to what everybody else has. And man, it's Gabe Kalsher, uh for Iowa State is another one. I mean, that that's a guy that's yeah. that's a, a fifth year guy that knows exactly who and what he is, and he's he's rolling right now at the end of games for his team. He can get to the free throw line, he can make shots, um, you know. And, and right now, that's what you are struggling with. You you are good enough to take the best in college basketball, and, and the five teams or six teams I mentioned here. They are some of the best in the country because they're all ranked. <laughs> right. Okay, they're all ranked, and, and 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 you're good enough to compete with them and get to to the five minute mark, the four minute mark, whatever. But then you're just not good enough to make the plays at the end. That's what's happened against TCU, against Oklahoma State, or excuse me, against Oklahoma, against Kansas. Uh, really, every game, with the exception of Iowa State. You've had a chance, give or take, against Texas and Austin. I mean, on and on it goes, and that's the difference. That's the difference between you and everybody else is you don't have a dude that that is a closer uh, that or an identity at the end of a game is somebody that can bail you out and make things easier on everybody. It just hasn't emerged yet, and I don't know if there is one. And Kevin O'Banner, man, this was kind of his year, and I, I thought some things I'll say about Kevin O'Banner over the weekend. Uh, it, it's a day that I think he'd like to forget, okay, from a from an offensive standpoint. He's 0 for 5 from the free throw line. Kevin O'Banner is one of your best free throw shooters on your team. 85% coming into the game. He's 0 for 5. He's 1 of 4 or 1 of 5 from deep. And this was, was after, Chris, wasn't it just Baylor where he had he clanked two, I think, in crunch time? Yes, yes. It's kind yeah, of strange you, to see you, that back-to-back. I agree. 
pressure is a real thing. You know, yeah. I think that is a real thing. Yeah, I was wrong. One of six from three, and then the four of twelve from the field. However, see, and he and 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 again, I asked Mark about this after the game. I'm like, you'd still love every one of those looks that he got because that's the guy that that has knocked him down so many times previous at last year, and then even at times this year but it just you know he's got to be somebody that carries you offensively at times he's your leading scorer but it just wasn't happening for him in Manhattan but here here's what else I saw from him he's blocking out he's diving on the floor for loose balls he tried to take a charge or two I think actually took another one he, he's doing some of the things that are right the shots just wouldn't fall and it's frustrating because he had good looks he had open looks he I mean if he makes three of five at the free throw line or four of five at the free throw line, like like his percentages would suggest, it's a different game down the stretch. You know, it, it just is. Uh, you know, but this game was fifty to fifty, tied up with about seven minutes and twenty seven seconds left. Fifty to fifty, they would go on to outscore you eighteen to eight down the stretch. You know, but it was fifty to fifty. You're right there, in one of the best teams in the country in a sold out building at their place. And just can't you can't quite close it. Yeah, and, and that really hurts down the stretch. But you've got to recognize also some of the good things I think that uh, Tech was able to do to get to that point in time. But I just there's no way around to me uh, Kevin O'Banner uh, being. But first, today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Surrounding yourself with the right people for your business is component number one for great success in 20. 23. And if you're a hiring manager or an owner of a business, LinkedIn Jobs is there for you to make it happen. You can create a free job post in only minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. They prioritize simplicity, cutting through the fat, getting you to the candidates that fit what your business is looking for. And that's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So get to LinkedIn jobs right now where every week nearly 40 million job seekers are visiting the website. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free with LinkedIn jobs. Terms and conditions apply. There's no way around to me, uh, Kevin O'Banner being extremely disappointing so far and maybe the the biggest uh catalyst in the wrong direction uh for the team right now in the sense that chris i feel like if you could count on kevin o'banner for consistent scoring impact and i love doing the little things obviously but you know scoring is really where i'm i'm wondering where you at dog um if you could count on him if he was having that kind of season And then all of a sudden, the conversation to me feels a lot different when you think about those next options, because you're thinking about a guy in Jalen Tyson who is doing it basically for the first time in a big Mm -hmm. role on the college level. And you're thinking about uh, Pop Isaacs, who is a freshman. Yeah, you're you're thinking about guys that like I wouldn't really say at this point in their career, aside from Harmon, but, you know, non-point guard guards. You're not thinking about guys that at this point in their career, you would say, yeah, you should be hammering it every night. I'd love for Tyson and Isaacs to be, but I I don't feel like that's fair. I agree. Uh, it's not where fair. They are. Yeah. And I just, oh, Banner's got to be better. If he was better, the team would probably have a conference win by now. I, I feel comfortable saying, and I, I don't really know. 
I don't know what's not clicking or what's not there for him necessarily. I know he's had some big games this year, but consistently he's he's got to find a way to be better because that is the crux of the offense, I feel like. Maybe the team at large. Can you be above average or are you going to have to fight to just be average? Well, can Kevin O'Banner be a relevant scorer in the Big 12 Conference or can't he? If I had to boil it down for simplicity's sake for a simple-minded guy like me, I, I think that's where I'd have to go by this point in the year. Yeah, you know, I, I think this team was set up for Kevin to be kind of the the star, okay, if you will, because he was kind of the the last last guy around, the the main cog. I think I think Fardaz was uh, was expected to take some of that pressure off. But look, Ke- Kevin, when he was at Oral Roberts, he had a stud guard around him uh, that was one of the nation's best scorers. Last year, he had Bryson Williams next to him. If, if he's allowed to kind of, I don't want to say be under the radar, I don't want to use the term necessarily sidekick or complimentary, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. When, when he's not asked to carry it, he could be phenomenal. But I think right now it's a lot of pressure and a lot of weight on his shoulders, and it's hard. I mean, it is hard. And I think that Davion Harmon – it's probably in some ways not necessarily fair to point there, but when you're like the senior, the senior point guard, if you will, uh, and and you you know you're scoring some, uh, but it's like I, I look at how much easier does Harmon make the game on everybody else? How many how many does he get other guys easy shots? Um, you know, because I think one assist versus Kansas State's averaging just a little over two assists a game in Big 12 games. You know, and that's got to change, uh, I think, because that's a, a guard's job is to – because I was just talking about Noel. He averaged, he only had five against the Red Raiders, but he averages eight a game. So he could beat you scoring it, but he also can beat you with the pass and all that. That's just something that you, you've got to, to expand it. And, and we can include Pop in that conversation as well. But it's like a – it's like you have a, a lead role guy and, and – uh, and Kevin O'Banner, that, that's supposed to be the guy, supposed to produce night in and night out. This is what comes with the experience and, and everything that he's got going. Yep. But but then it's a guards league. If your guards are really good, uh, or if you have a really good one, boy, you, you're you're going to win a lot of close games, man, because they put you in right spots and they'll they'll get to the free throw line. They'll do different things. And right now, I just don't know if your guards. Uh, and again, maybe not even their fault, but they're just not, they're not as good as what everybody else has got. Uh, we just talked yeah. about, I mean, it's just, this is this league, man. It is not for the faint of heart and you can't be halfway with your, with your roster or your health or your experience because it, it may be as good as I've seen this league. And we say it every year, the league, the big 12 is the best league. I feel like we've been saying this for three to four to five years in, in a row, but now, now you've got national champions in this league. Okay, so that that yeah, you played for one, Baylor won it. Uh, I mean, Kansas just gets routed by TCU at their place, and that's just what this league is. So it's just all the good things you feel about your team can all be true. However, when you compare it to what everybody <laughs> else has got, it 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 it, it equals last place or close to it uh, to this point. Oof, oof. Um, yeah, I just. You you need your score to be your score. You need yeah. your PG to be your PG. And those two guys are so hit and miss, O'Banner and Harmon right now when it comes to those two things. And yeah, Harmon's coming off of, I think, one of, I would have to say the best, uh, considering the opponent and the context, 
uh, distributor game of the year. It was one of his roughest scoring outings against Baylor, but I think he was like six to two assist to turnover margin that day. And he was one to three, I think, against K-State. Tech was 10 assists to 12 turnovers overall as a team. You're going nowhere fast, obviously, with something like that in those columns. But Chris, as we wrap up this portion of the conversation, you were kind of getting to it right there. I wanted to just ask you from your perspective, how do you spitball creating more assists simply? I, I know you're not – it's not like you say, well, if you got 20 assists and you're winning every game. But it is kind of a – it's an indication of what you're doing as a team offensively to me. And Tech has not really been in good territory all year long. Is that just chemistry or where do we even go to try to, to improve something like that? I think they're – I think they're very much still trying to – because, one, I think Davion – would tell you not not that he would say this, but we've watched him play enough now, and I watched him in Oklahoma enough. He's kind of what I would term a, a, a point guard that that is really looking to score more than he's looking to set guys up. That's just kind of his skill set. When he gets going downhill, it's more of a, a trying to to score, if yeah. you will. And yeah. he's not a great three point shooter percentage wise. It's in the mid twenties. Uh, 25% give or take and he's really not a slow big... a slow shot too it's it's hard for him to get it off it seems like I agree against the length in this conference yeah. especially because you're again you're just going against grown men in this league that's just all there is to it that's why when I talk about it, like Iowa State or even Kansas State it reminds me of your, your team last year because you just had a bunch of 23 24 year olds that were that are fully matured fully understanding what this level is is going to ask of them and and, and all those things and, and Harmon is one of the few that you have that is that has been through it and, and all that. But I think they're still trying to figure out how to use the pieces available to them. And now you've got Fardaws in, in the mix, and he's now started for the second game in a row, and Bacho's coming off the bench. But, you know, I just – because you, you saw them early on in the game kind of use Fardaws in a lot of, like, isolation situations to kind of play yep. – through him a little bit and, and either asking him to score, or asking him to be the decision maker. Yeah. Hey, when you get the ball and the double team comes, okay, now you need to decide where's it going. Arvita Sabonis, baby. Yeah, that's right. And <laughs> and so almost taking that off of, of Harmon a bit. I kind of liked I, it, man, honestly. I, but I, and I think that that slowed the game down a, a bit, which in, in a way was good against a team like, Kansas State, but see, so they're they're still trying to figure, I think, those out, uh, those yeah. things out on how to how to play. Th there's two things I would say is that about Harmon specifically, he's about as good as I've ever seen. I mean, ever seen in a Tech uniform, baseline to baseline in transition. It is extremely impressive. I've said this to you before. He's as fast without the ball in his hands as he is with it, and that's extremely difficult to do. However, when the game slows down and he's got to operate in the half court as a point guard, that's where it, you know, he struggles a bit because it's an off balance shot. It's maybe too much dribbling. It's, it's just, and that there, there needs to be a happy medium there. But yeah. uh, again, when him in the open floor is deadly uh, and that's why he just has another gear when he's like, you know what, screw it. I'm about to go get uh, put these guys in a bind, and you end up on your heels, and he can lay it up from a left hand, right hand, all different kinds of ways. But when it slows down, and you've got to operate in the half court, that's where that's where you you struggle. 
Got to figure it out, guys. I mean, easier, <laughs> easier said than done. Exactly. Or what? I mean, yeah. come on. Doesn't easier sound like a big deal to me. Let's yeah, rack it sure. up. <laughs> uh, have a chance to possibly do that coming up this week. And that's what we will wrap up the program with because it seems like as we look ahead to be a week of opportunity, we go in Rafiki. It's in the past. You got to forget about what's just happened because you got big time opportunity coming up ahead of you back in action from United Supermarkets Arena. We'll touch on that and what else is to come uh, over the next week coming up next on Locked on Texas Tech. Glad to have you along for the ride on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan coming to you from out west of the 100th Meridian where it's really going down here in the great state. Chris has made it back from Kansas and that's a good thing because uh, up ahead seems like opportunity possibly knocking at the door of the Red Raiders. And Chris, this week is a good example as to why you really got to stay engaged because if you do have any potential whatsoever, like so many are claiming that you do, regardless of the win-loss record, and, and I understand some of that, um, you've got to continue to be engaged and take advantage of some of what will come up uh, ahead of you because you've got some opponents that are up next on the schedule, in conference, out of conference, uh, that certainly seem beatable and uh, would be no small thing to kind of get that monkey off your back, right, and change the momentum a little bit uh, if you can actually put together a win. Yeah, th- th- there there are not going to be many breaks, really any, on your schedule. However, you you, you are staring the only one left uh, right in the face. And I only say breaks in the schedule in that on paper, you're about to play two teams that are not better than you, okay, that are not going to overwhelm you uh, with depth or talent or whatever it may be. And you, you've got a couple of very winnable opportunities staring you in the face. It's not going to surprise me at all uh, that if you if you play a couple of decent games, you don't even have to play well, then you could win both of the games this week. And that, you know, and and, and the scary part is if you don't get that done, it, it it really worries me about where it goes because then the schedule heats back up and and you, you've got you just got a lot uh, on paper that is, looks fairly daunting. Uh, and again, you you still got a trip to Morgantown and and you've got uh, games against Oklahoma State, two of them that that are would be winnable. But um, yeah, you, you're you're going to face the Mountaineers. Uh, they are going to come in uh, on Wednesday at the United Supermarkets Arena. They are, I believe, one and six in the league. Uh, they are 11 and eight overall. They're they're a team that now they got TCU at home. wasn't easy for them, but other than that, they're just like you. You know that they are struggling. They are not super explosive. I think very much trying to figure out who they are. Their best player maybe uh, former Longhorn Trey Mitchell, who's from that general area. Uh, you saw him last year. Uh, you know they're going to try to be rough and 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 all the things that a Bob Huggins team is, but they're not. They're just you know again they're kind of struggling with their guard play and you know some different things. Uh, Kedrian Johnson is is maybe their best player, but uh, he's averaging as I'm looking up here about yeah about ten points a game. He had about twenty versus Texas, but that, that it's a winnable game and it's at six o'clock on Wednesday night and it, it's it's just like. In some ways, I don't want to overstate it, but in some ways, 
it's the most important game for some of these kids on this Texas Tech team. You know, because when you start losing games and you and you and it becomes kind of habitual or you just get used to it, it's the worst thing that could ever happen to a program. And if you'll just get that winning taste back in your mouth and stop what, what has gone on and then build off of it, you know, you, you can change it. But if if you don't get this one, I just really worry that you're you're because I've lived through I mean I've broadcast through a one in seventeen Big Twelve yeah. season. And it it was it was extremely depressing from a professional <laughs> standpoint, right? I mean, it's like I remember getting on the plane and it's like this team has no chance to go win this game they're about to go play. And that that sucks as an alum. It sucks as a fan. And that's when people didn't even really care about tech basketball. And so you want to fight, scratch, and claw to, to keep some semblance of, of what you've built up here, you know? And that's the reality of it. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, I really feel like if you do continue to kind of see uh, the trend line for the team that we have seen over the last two games, that you should be expecting to have a chance to to change the tide and get a win, if not uh, a couple here, as you then step outside of conference, right, for the uh, Big 12 SEC challenge battle meetup play date. <laughs> this is the last one. This is the last time that the, the Big 12 and the SEC, I'm sure you'll see some things written and said about that as that gets closer. But But next Saturday – you know, all 10 teams in the Big 12 will, will take on SEC teams. Your game is against LSU at, uh, at 1 o'clock. But this is an LSU team that in the non-conference, they were 12-1. and one. Okay? They are now 12-7, and seven, I believe. They are 1-6 and six mm. in, in the SEC. I think they've lost six in a row. I think they play Arkansas this week. They'll be a, a definite underdog in that game. So odds are you're going to be playing a team with a lengthy losing streak. Again, sound familiar? You know, I wouldn't <laughs> be a lot of folks in Baton Rouge, not going to be a tough place to play, uh, you know, all, all those kinds of things. So that's why I say it's just right there in front of you. If you'll lock in and really elevate and step up and, and keep playing the way we, we talked about defensively, if O'Banner, if those shots start to go in, if you can see Davion Harmon start to facilitate a bit and then some of these other guys kind of come along a little bit, I think it's a, it's a, you know, we're talking a week from now, you could have had a two and a week and you could be looking, uh, looking at life a little bit differently. The sun's shining a little bit brighter. You feel a little bit better about yourself. Let's see what happens. You know I mean? All, all that stuff. Uh, because there's definitely some winnable games left on your schedule, but these are two that are just staring you in the face. I don't necessarily know. You'll be favored to beat West Virginia. I don't know if you'll be favored to beat uh, LSU. You've you've won there before. Uh, Great know, game a couple years yeah, ago, right? Memory, and, and LSU's not anywhere near as good as they were. And I guess, to be fair, you aren't either. But, you know, what, what would it look like, man, if you can, you can win a couple this week? And I just think we're maybe having some different conversations. Yeah, that was a great game, man. I remember uh, the cat from LSU who had the haircut where it looked like he got his head stuck in a weed whacker and he was just jawing. I think Terrence Shannon at the free throw line or something and the Red Raiders were able to uh, well to drop some marbles on him and, uh, and pull out a win. That was really entertaining. I, I like these conference series, Chris. I don't much care for the timing as far as in the middle of conference play, but whatever. It's just basketball. Play the damn game. Uh, win it, don't win it. That's your problem, I guess. But I like these series, and you've had the Big East series going on 
What's on the horizon, do you think, for the Big 12 or maybe coming down the pipeline? Where are we in the Big East thing? Are we near the end of that? Or No, I think that's going to continue. I, th- I think I don't know the agreement, but I, I think there's some years left. I don't think there's any any uh, discussion about – it just makes a lot of sense for both leagues. And uh, yeah. I, I think I think the Big 12, uh, knowing that the SEC one will end, uh, I've I mentioned that uh, in this space before, that I think that the talk is – is that you, you could link up with the Big Ten and have some sort of conference yeah. series going with the Big Ten. Uh, and, it, and again, it makes, it makes a lot of sense uh, f- to do these because it's just every, every – you know, when you have two series going and, you, and the way you can fix it is like you've got a, a home game and an away game every year. Once you get that going – it, it just makes for, uh, you know, better season ticket packages for anybody buying season tickets to any of these games. It, it helps out everybody's RPI. Uh, it, it, teams are reluctant typically to, to agree to home-and-home home series and non-conference because there's so much neutral side and all the tournaments around Thanksgiving and Christmas that you don't get a lot of traditional home-and-home home type stuff. But this this locks that in. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think uh, I think that they're, the Big 12 is still trying to figure out what to do uh, next year as far as kind of, you know, the I'm going to mention that word schedule. Uh, we're, we're, we're just still waiting on football schedule, and, and I don't know what the basketball schedule is going to look like. The the one thing about the Big 12 SEC Challenge that I do love, I do – it is unique. It feels kind of foreign and weird when you get to it every year, but it but it I like it because it is so unique. It's the only one like that. The, the, the ACC and the Big Ten used to do one. You're talking timing-wise? or Yes, okay. because yeah. and it, it would be spread out over a week or so in December. Right. Right. You know, and it's like, okay, I don't even know this is really even happening. But, like, <laughs> right. they, always do, they always do it. And that, the last Saturday right there, and they, they find the sweet spot, uh, you know, where, where it's just like an end. So there's so much focus on it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would guess that if the – uh, if if the the Big Ten and, and the Big Twelve could get get going with something, I bet Fox is a is a heavy player. I, I wanted there. to bring that up. Well, I wanted to bring that up with the Big East also, Chris, because I think well in this last agreement there was an investment by Fox into college basketball, right? Bigger with the Big Twelve conference, and I I remember going back and we had the conversation with uh, Bob Thompson, the retired Fox Sports. Uh, president and kind of talking about that basketball footprint and whether it's the big 10 and something that hasn't come together yet or what you've got going on with the big east i kind of feel like now that you're under that same network umbrella uh maybe you're going to get a little bit more more hype surrounding those things i don't know if you'll notice if it's still an fs1 delivery but if you were to get on big fox (laughs) you probably noticed that right it was kind of interesting to me that fox gave some indication hey we We'd like a bigger chunk of college basketball. Yeah, I, because I think they have hours to fill. They 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 yeah. want to get you know. And again, it's not like it's they're they're setting rating records with this, but this is very competitive basketball. It's very meaningful. You've got a ton of ranked teams in this league, and uh, you know, and so uh, I you know we'll we'll see kind of what announcements. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if 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 some of that is hinted at uh this week with that challenge coming to an end you you'll you'll get some media types sniffing around uh hey this is the last year this is what this league intends to do this is what this league or this yeah. is what potentially could be on the horizon wouldn't be surprised if Brett you or Mark even even comments on it at all but uh 
that's kind of where I think that this is headed. But I, I do think the Big 12 is exploring uh, conversations with another league, that being the Big 10 on – and I guess you could do the Pac-12 – uh, they don't really have one, I don't think, uh, because, it, you know, as far as just the Power Five leagues would make some sense with Fox as well. But I think the Big Ten is a little bit better of a basketball conference. And so I would vote for that one if you get to pick it. I think that's what they're doing. Yeah, it could be uh, in years to come Tech in Indiana for the General Cup, the Bob <laughs> Knight Cup or something like that. And, you know, Pac-12-wise, I wouldn't mind getting a few series uh, started with some of our future uh, conference partners, um, possibly in the desert or in the mountains. So yeah, bring it on. But I, I do like these series. It sounds like you're a fan of the series too, in some general format, whether yeah. the timing is perfect or, or whatever. Yeah. It just beefs up your, your non-conference schedule and, and it, and it gets you a good home game typically. Yeah. I mean, again, the Red Raiders got Georgetown this year. That, that, that is a one-off. I mean, in a lot of years, Georgetown would have been very good. There would have been some times where, you know, in years years ago, where Georgetown and Lubbock, Texas, you, you would have just thought, "There's this is not happening. There's no way John Thompson or even John Thompson Jr. are bringing the Hoyas to <laughs> Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, instead it was Patrick Ewing, and they, they really haven't won uh, much at all. But uh, but that's that's a one-off. And uh, But, yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's great, man. I'm, I'm all about it. Who was it? Well, you had Providence uh, last year. Yeah, you were at Providence. Providence. And, and Providence was a – they ended up being in last year's tournament. They were like a three or four seed. They were yeah, they really were phenomenal. Team. Yeah, and that was that was sold out. Uh, that you know uh, a year ago uh, up there, we were playing in a uh, what is they also use it for a hockey stadium and everything like that. So the the, the floor <laughs> was on ice. It was freezing in there. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, it, it's there, there's some legit basketball in, in the Big East and the Big Ten and the SEC I and mean, all that. Yeah. So it, it doesn't mean you're going to be, you know, and, and I, I remember going to South Carolina and playing Frank Martin. That was a big, uh, that was a big game for that elite eight team that year. Uh, you played LSU. Yeah. yeah. You've played LSU several times. You've played Arkansas. Some you played Mississippi state uh, here last year. Uh, so uh, anyway, the, the, you've kind of flirted around and, and I, I wish that it would have been fun to have played Florida or Kentucky. Well, and I guess you did, excuse me. You did play Kentucky. You did play Kentucky. Uh, absolutely. And that, that's like the headliner. How did I forget that one? And Florida but, uh, doesn't want to see the Red Raiders in anything because uh, just getting their postseason buns toasted by Texas Tech in recent true. memories. So this is true. They yeah. probably were begging for that one, and I don't know why we never saw the Aggies. They love to they love to take on interesting games. Usually, that's very atypical that we never got to see the Aggies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I hope that you continue to get in as much as possible because college basketball's regular season needs a lot of help. Particularly, I mean, obviously the non-conference. I mean, the conference gets a hell of a lot more interesting, but the non-conference and neutral sites and yada yada. I mean, I, I know you guys love to go to Atlantis, Chris. I don't want to take away your Atlantis. I don't really go. I don't really go to those. Those are always during the holidays. And I but mean, we need to be on campus. Enough with the water slides. Yeah, Enough. they're 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 going to the Bahamas next Thanksgiving week. We got a lazy favorite. river on campus, guys. All right, we don't have to go to the friggin' Bahamas. Uh, all right, man. Well, hopefully this week of opportunity. Uh, is one that we see taken advantage of by Mark Adams and the Red Raiders. Got a couple of days to work on things. I'm sure they'll have some quality uh, come to Jesus time as they prepare for the West Virginia Mountaineers, still looking for conference win number one. That's episode number one of the week. And, Chris, I enjoyed the hell out of it, as always. Thank you, yeah, man, man, for the time. It was fun. Good times. Uh, and hopefully some good times this week, man. We we could all use them. I know those kids, those coaches – 
fans, all alike, uh, you know, podcast hosts, we could all use them. That's we need right. Some good times. Yes. Yes. If it doesn't turn pretty soon, we're just going to be commentating on the live construction cam over at Jones Stadium. I think I see a crane wiggle. Alert! Alert! I think I see a crane wiggle. And although now I say it out loud, that does sound kind of fun. I would just prefer to talk maybe about a conference win. So maybe we'll have that as a part of our conversation this week. We always appreciate being your first listen each weekday on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. And after Locked On Texas Tech, hope you'll make Locked On College Basketball Listen number two at your second listen each weekday. Locked on college basketball on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts at your one-stop college basketball shop. It's Locked on College Basketball on the Locked on Podcast Network. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks for joining us once again, and we'll see you the next time around on Locked on Texas Tech.